0: Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. I'm Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, we are live in our adulting class, but it's really USC 401, and we have a live group of students, and we're so excited that we have Gary Green here from Green Resources. Welcome, Gary. Great to be here. We're so happy to have you back on campus at NC State. I know you went here. You're wearing the correct color tie. Go Wolf Pack. So, tell us a little bit about your journey because you are now a CEO, which is such a wonderful success story. And I think our students would love to learn about all of the steps you took as an undergrad to get to where you are today.
1: Sure. I did graduate from here from NC State. My, I, I met my wife here. We have a son that's graduating from here this semester and another son that just got in. And so he will be coming here to NC State. We're thrilled for a Wolfpack family. Uh, I went through the co-op program when I was uh, here at State. I was a business major before there was even a business school. It was through the schools of, the School of Humanities and Social Sciences. Uh, loved employee relations. And the co-oping I did, though, was with engineers. It happened to be the opportunity. So when I got to graduating, the position that I wanted I didn't have the experience for. And so they said I needed to go get a year of experience. And so I got into the recruiting world for that magical one year of experience. This was years ago, back in 1990. Landed into a position, the recruiting firms I interviewed with all tried to talk me into a sales position. Thankfully, one of them did. And fast forwarding, I grew up with a recruiting firm for 10 years before starting Green Resources. We Grew exponentially uh, in the nineties. It was a local company um, here in the triangle. We went from about three million in sales to 80 to 95 million in sales in the nineties had offices up and down uh, North Carolina, Virginia. We were acquired in 97, a publicly owned uh, firm. And the first year was great going into the second year with it being publicly owned and some of the decisions being made. It just wasn't the direction uh, that still motivated me every day. And I'm very open. So the company that acquired us was out of New York and I created a top 10 list of the things that we should be doing. And as an aside, around that time, we went through a difficult circumstance. We all go through those situations in life that are difficult. There are different levels of difficulty. Um, our Joey, our firstborn was eight months old at the time and we found a tumor on his kidney and had to move into a hospital and, um, He's doing great now, obviously, but you go through that. They remove that and the kidney. And, but you go through that. And I just remember vividly thinking every day's a gift. You better love what you do every day and who, love who you're doing it for. I loved what I was doing every day. I didn't love who I was doing it for. Hence the uh, 10 things that we should change as a company. And then something happened else happened in that company that call it uh, immoral, unethical whatever terms you want to do, but um, I couldn't uh, trust the person I worked for. And it was that moment that I was having lunch with a person. I never thought I'd start my own company, uh, but I was having lunch. And that person said, uh, there are five things in life, power, money, success, fame, control, power, money, success, fame, control. There's nothing wrong with those five things unless they become the most important thing. And then you begin to rationalize other things in your life. And he said, for you, control is important, but it's a unique, unique definition that you have of it. Uh, you have this idealistic view of the world and you're allowed to work in that. But this company now has come in and they're asking you to change. He said, you can stay. You'll be extremely successful, but it will change you. Or stay true to whatever terms you want to put to it, your values, beliefs, morals, ethics. Stay true to yourself and you need to leave. I said, well, I feel like I'm divorcing a family of 85 people. He said, you let them down more by staying than you will by going because what's important to you. So it was that day I turned in my resignation. I didn't have a non compete or anything, but I didn't want to uh, leave them the best of terms. So I stayed. I, I, I gave him unlimited notice. I think it was about two months. Um, so that was November of 99, December of 99. I'm uh, intentionally working out of Joey's. So he's a year and eight months old now. Julie uh, would take him out of the room. I would make phone calls from his bedroom and uh, landed a big account that I needed to move into an office quickly. So by April of 2000, I was in an office and we've had great successes over the years Um, since starting Green. We've been recognized as one of the 100 hottest companies in the nation. We just recently were ranked by Triangle Business Journal as one of the 50 fastest growing probably owned companies. I think we're 11th on that list. We're once again up to 85 people and, uh, even though we're headquartered here with an office in Wilmington and up in Roanoke, we do business across the nation. And it's just a wonderful group and wonderful team I get to work with every day. But that's a, as quick as I can make the story. That,
0: that's an amazing story. And thank you for bringing in some of the personal hardships, like you sure. said, the ups and downs of life that we go through. And it really made you realize that aligning with your values were so critical for you and also the authenticity piece that you hit on with either staying or starting your own company. So tell us about Green Resources sure. and how you said 85 people and Roanoke and Wilmington and Raleigh, um, what do you do and what do do? you look for in applicants? Because I know everyone in this room is um, anxiously happy to to be looked at as an applicant for these opportunities.
1: Uh, I don't know how familiar everybody is with the recruiting industry. As a recruiting firm, you can focus in a number of different areas. Just in the triangle, there's probably about 300 different recruiting entities uh, across the nation. There's literally thousands of them. Some focus on a specific uh, placement, like accounting, for example, Others are more general or they could be uh, industry focused, whether it be all in the IT space or all in the administrative space. So it can vary depending on the uh, company. If you look at the vision for green resources is to connect people and companies in such a way so that jobs become purposeful, impactful and long term careers. For us, it's so much more than filling a position. It's about finding that one person who's going to make a lasting difference on the company's team and culture while feeling accomplished in their work. Uh, To do that, you really got to get to know the customer you're supporting, the customer that's looking for the position, uh, and certainly your fellow teammates as well. The type of positions we fill very greatly. We do have two major divisions, a recruiting solutions division, which is what you would think it to be. Companies will hire us to find talent, either that they will hire full-time directly, or they will hire on a contract basis, either for a project or on a contract to hire situation. Or we have large managed service accounts where we do things similar, but we're actually on site managing that delivery. And we will manage that delivery across the nation. So for companies like SAS, Advanced Auto, RTI, uh, Cree, LabCorp, and others, we manage all their contingent labor across the nation and all the vendors that work with them across the nation work through us. So we help them from a compliance standpoint, managing the cost, single source of reporting, that type of thing. So those two main deliveries outside of the large accounts, we will fill anything that they have a need uh, for. uh, It's primarily in the technology space and professional services, marketing, human resources, administrative support up to a mid-level manager level type position.
0: That's that's amazing, and you've gotten all these kudos, like you said in the Triangle Business Journal. You're growing so fast. What do you look for when you hire people into your organization? And are you still going to be hiring more this coming May?
1: Sure, we are hiring all the time, and so um, if we're looking, it's if we're looking internal versus external with our customers, it's going to vary by position. Um, internally, when we're looking to hire individuals we're bringing on board typically are in recruiting role. They're in the position to help source more talent. They're in a sales position. They're out developing relationships with companies that may need to hire. Or we have the uh, accounting and payroll and human resource and technology needs. And in fact, one of the recent positions uh, was in our technical uh, technology team supporting all the IT needs that we have internally. And so um, we It started off by bringing in interns and then transitioned to hiring someone full-time in that role. So, both internally and externally, we're always looking. um, I think your question, though, is more as a a job seeker of things that they need to prepare for, maybe,
0: yeah, we've been position. we've been talking a lot about strengths in this class, and we've done uh, assessments like the Gallup Strengths right. Finder to help people understand what makes them unique and what contribution they can make in the work world. And I was wondering if there were any, I don't know if we call them soft skills or sure. human skills that you think are really important. Yeah,
1: uh, I have the pleasure of speaking to groups regularly on uh, what it takes to land that next position. And my answer may or may not be different than other things that you may hear, but I can tell you the success of green resources and how we went about building customer relationships is identical to how you can be successful in landing that position. Anything that we have done, uh, there's a great exercise. uh, I'll take just a minute for this and then answer your question directly called the reverse exercise. You take anything you do and you, uh, you kind of write it out and then you look at just the reverse of that to come up with a new way of doing things. And you can do the same thing with your job search. Traditional way is you go and you search positions, whether you're using sites like Indeed or Career Builder or other sites, and you're applying and people grade their success about how many positions that they've applied for and they get upset they are not hearing from anyone. And then it goes to an interview and then a selection and then you land a position. The reverse of that is decide now the position that you want. So I would encourage everyone to spend a lot of time and homework. Uh, I would challenge you to get out a piece of paper and three columns what do you like to do? What do you do well and what do you want to learn and keep on learning? What do you like to do? what do you do well because sometimes these are not the same things and what do you uh, like what do you want to learn and and keep on learning and that's going to create a wonderful list You may already think you know what you want to do but then you take those things that you like to do and you, want to learn and and that you do well and use a site like Indeed and go ahead and put it in and see what type of positions come back that need those skill sets and then start doing research about what company that you'd want, an industry you'd want to make a difference in and what company you would want to do. It doesn't matter whether they have a job posted because most jobs aren't posted. And so uh, get it down to a specific list of companies. So I've been in the recruiting industry for 30 years and say this every day, we're not trying to do business with the world. But we work hard at doing, at being the world for the customers with whom we do business. And it's the same thing for the search. Just, just narrow it down to where do you want to go to work. Use LinkedIn and some other tools. Find someone that knows someone that can make an introduction. Uh, you do have to apply for a position and uh, go through those means. But if you're not getting someone to introduce you, because you sound so much better when somebody else introduces you to get somebody else to walk down the hall and have that introduction so that you get pulled out of the pile of 200. If we post a position, at least hundred people are applying to the position. We may look at and spend time with 25 of the hundred people that applied. Out of that 25, five of them are going to get an interview. Three of them will get sent to the customer. So what do you do to become that three? And a personal introduction is where it would start and then do your research. Go in and be prepared to talk as much about that company and that individual as you can your own resume. I would encourage you, and this is where it goes to extremes, to go ahead and come up with your own 90-day plan. If you had that position, what difference you would make in the first 90 days in that position. Whether or not they ask for that at the end, it creates a whole different level of interview and engagement, I think, in the discussion with that employer of but go in right now as a student, wherever it is that you want to work and schedule informational interviews. Who does not want to, have to help a student? And so, and I would go all the way up. They say, who do you call? I would call the CEO of that company and just say, here's what I've researched about your company, about you and your leadership team. Uh, I would love to come learn more because one day I would love to earn the opportunity to work at a company like yours. And then you go in for this informational interview. And you are creating an opportunity for yourself during that time. But it, people are going to open them. If you say, and I need a job, it's much more difficult to get it than as a student going in for the informational interview. Then when you show up, standard things you all have heard a thousand times. Be on time. I thought I was going to be two minutes late. So I went ahead and called ahead of time to this just say, I'm going to be late. But for an interview, you want to be there early. Ten minutes, I think, is the appropriate time. Anything earlier it's kind of weird. And they don't know what to do. And so now they're having to stop work they're doing. And what do they do? T- so I think this five to 10 minute time frame is perfect. If your interviews at 10, you show up at 10, you're late. So you want to be there ready and on time. Eye contact is critical. Taking notes is critical. Asking questions is critical. The biggest uh, mistake I've seen is someone after they spent time with three or four other people, I spend time with them, ask if they have any questions. They say No. Uh, Questions have all been answered, but that means they don't care about what I have, even if they ask the same questions. So show that you're interested enough that you want to ask questions, even if it's the same one, and make sure you listen to that response and uh, and, and then show your passion for the position. There's a whole list of other things, but those are, those are some of the immediate things that come to mind. I and feel like i steered off of your plan.
0: No, you didn't, because I, I wanted to hear a little bit more about how you screen people. And I love that tip you gave about the informational interviews. Yeah. That's actually something we talked about in episode 34. So any of our listeners can go back and hear the top five tips for informational interviews and also questions to ask at the end of the interview. What were some of the, the most interesting ones? that you have liked that you thought showed a lot of initiative when you were having a candidate come in. And then at the end, instead of going, no, you answered all my questions, they had something really challenging to ask you.
1: I think the best thing that someone can do regardless of the question is how you frame it. Because uh, another thing that has helped us is we want to sound and look and appear different than anyone else and be able to stand out above the rest and you could do that in just how you phrase your questions so you can go into a company and you can ask about their five-year plans everybody's going to ask that question but if you can go in and say you know based on the research and i listened in on the earnings report last week and i heard about this work that you're doing overseas specifically in um, india And uh, would love to hear more about the effect of that um, expansion in India on your five-year plans as a company. Framing a question a different way that they know that you've done the research and you care enough to have learned the things about them, I think can make a huge difference. One of the uh, most interesting uh, times, I do have some ideas of what to do when you're in the lobby and some other areas as well that we can get to, but I was walking up and someone wasn't ready. And quickly... uh, when you're ready to be interviewed, you need to be ready for that introduction. And so I choose not to sit down in lobbies when I'm, when I'm waiting to see someone because I want to be ready to uh, shake the hand, eye contact, make a first impression. If you're there with all your stuff, I would recommend not take the, um, the beverage that they offer you because now you've got a beverage in one hand. You've got your notebook in another hand. And if you're sitting there and someone's ready to greet you, it's hard just to get ready for that first introduction. But I remember turning to greet the person I was going to interview, and they were on uh, their phone, not something you should be doing in the the lobby. Uh, But it was a great save uh, because they looked at me like, oh, it's great to meet you. I was just researching your website. That was a great picture of such and such. And whether or not it was real or not, they did cover the
0: subject
1: (laughs) uh, for that interview.
0: That's good. And I I like the fact that you show your initiative when you ask the questions. And in episode five, we actually hit on our top five questions to ask at the end of the interview. So we have a lot of more tips on that, too, for other people. So let's get back to the candidates. You've talked a little bit about the interview. I know you look at a lot of resumes, Gary, and there's so many different opinions. You know, put on a summary statement, put on an objective, put on your GPA. Oh, my gosh, don't do any of that. And I I know there's a lot of opinions. And I'm just curious because you have so much experience what some of yours are and what makes that resume pop.
1: Yeah. Uh, Again, you're going to get you ask 100 people, you get 100 different opinions. I went back and listed some of the podcasts. You've had great. Uh, advice from a number of people on this very uh, question of you may not like some of the answers I give and this may be one of them you should never send the same resume out twice.
0: I love that I I kind of tell people use the job description as your rule book so please expound.
1: Okay Uh, there's a position that you're going after and many of you will put and many of us will put something of of a major statement at the top of your resume of the ideal position or your uh, the goal of what you're looking for next and it's just a summary. And if that summary is a generic summary that you're turning in for a position it's not telling me why cuz I'm always going to look at that that there's no reason why that summary should be that company name and the position to which you're applying and why you're the right fit for that position cuz it shows your passion and your caring for that specific role. And they're especially online because the tool will screen out resumes before a human even looks at the resume and so if you aren't writing your resume to the job description, there's a chance that you're never seen and for the individual, if i 'm only taking sometimes a few seconds to look down to make sure this is the right fit, personally, I also love cover letters. Cover letters gives you a chance to explain why you are right. There are three people. I can specifically uh, remember, I wasn't even involved in the interview process, but they happened, I don't know how it got a, it was someone that um, was a student here at state and had sent a letter saying they had applied and actually shared some of the tips that I'd shared and that they may have an interest in becoming a recruiter, the informational interview type of approach that I explained earlier. Right. And just that handwritten note to me, I walked to the person make a decision and I'm like, I don't know who you're seeing, but you've got to get this person in just because of the taking the time to do it note. Uh, And that person ended up being made an offer and was working with us two weeks uh, later. Another gentleman in the cover letter made it very clear, the first uh, paragraph, why they're right for the position. The second paragraph, they had done their research and why green resources specifically attracted them to the role. And this was someone in an IT support position for us. And then the third, traditional qualifications. Um, But then the resume We're telling you what's most important that we're looking for in someone in the role. Your resume has got to say those things in the order of importance that the job description is. Otherwise, you may get lost in that stack. You've got to be very clear why you're the best fit for that role.
0: And do you say one page, always one page? And what's your opinion on GPAs?
1: Uh, I don't remember the last time I saw a one-page resume, so I think that's uh, no longer the case. But when I (laughs) years ago, that was the case, to find a way to keep it to one page. Uh, I think it could be too many pages, but I know it depends on the type of position. Uh, specifically, a, a role in education, there's a need to list all of every time that you were published and things like that. It just depends on what you're applying for. So I don't think the number of pages is um, as critical. Uh, the GPA is, I wouldn't say it's, crit- if you have a great GPA, absolutely put it on. But if it's not there, someone's not going to go, where's their GPA. So if it benefits you, yes, if it was asked for, then you need to share what's asked for. Uh, but I know that every account that we have won, um, these large accounts I was talking about, at the time we won those relationships, they were bigger than we were as a company. And if I had taken, and it was an RFP, if I had taken that RFP as it was written, I probably shouldn't have gone after the account because it, I didn't have everything that they were asking for. But if I can present myself in the right way of how I can overcome what I don't have and really point as to what I do and why we still are the right fit, then, um, then you just as in a career, you can, you can win that, um, opportunity.
0: That's an excellent example. I wanted to get one more question in before we open it up to the class. So I know everyone's anxious to ask some questions. I wanted to see what you thought about the culture of your company, because sure. I, I happen to know an alumnus from this class who is employed by you now. And that- Kelsey Benson, Oh,
1: she is. A, uh, she is a dynamo. She Isn't is she? Yes.
0: Yeah, she actually came back to our career panel. And she was telling me there's a wall where you get to put your dog pictures up. Right. And when you walk in, everyone high fives you like right. you're just like starting, you know, quarterback for a football team. Yeah. And so I just think it sounds like such a cool place to work. Tell us more.
1: Uh, Kelsey uh, Benson is an absolute rock star. Uh, she was managing the uh, target um, prior to coming uh, to us and uh, has been given incredible opportunities internally, and she deserves every single one of them. Uh, I don't know if we would have gotten her on board had we not made the changes that we did. So when I started green, I mentioned uh, moving out of the house I had landed a large opportunity and needed a place to interview. I never thought about the space. And so I always thought it was about the people. And so we moved in, we knocked out walls, we went upstairs down. There were, you couldn't easily get from one person to another. And, and so, uh, it took years and, uh, uh decided to get out of the way, have a consultant meet with 18 of the team members of what are the things that you're looking for? And the things that came back were incredible things. Some I never thought I would do, like serve beer and wine every day. Like, why would we? Serve beer and wine every day, but it was something they wanted, and so we uh, we said, "Listen, these are the things they're looking for, so let's make this happen." Um, we uh, updated the logo, we changed space, and that's when it really hit me that it doesn't matter how much you fill your o- open organization if you are not pushing for that every day, because no one liked the logo at the time. But they thought I had some that I had this passion for. I didn't care about the logo; it was just something that needed to be done when I was starting a company. There was no, uh, no connection to it. Right. And someone had, uh, spoken up earlier. We could have changed that in the office space. So I remember someone calling home to his wife after he started. He's like, I love the people. I hate the space. And so when we moved, we had always been doing some of the things you talked about, but what I realized longer than I should, that great space can attract great people. And so when you come in, uh, there are things that we do, but it's also the space. So there's ping pong and a putting green and we gaming and um, we do serve beer and wine every day as long as it's the end of your work day. But it creates this and you have a place to work as choose your experience. You can sit there in fact, we have one person's been with us for four years. She's never sat at the place that was given to her. There's all these other places out in the balcony or the laptop bars or these lounge seating like you can work anywhere and changing the space um, certainly did a lot. The other thing was making sure uh, people know how valued they are. And so when you start, uh, you actually walk, cut a green ribbon, walk the green carpet, and there's about 40 people in line giving you high fives and a little video of this done that's given back to you that you can share with others. Um, every day that you work at Green is worth celebrating. There are just some that we celebrate more than others Uh, so your three-year anniversary actually write a book about your three years so it's a rewrite of a children's book your five years a unique shopping experience your uh, 10 years is a dream come true experience that's something you've never done let's make that happen for you but finding a way to uh, celebrate everyday moments we have a kermit award it's now easy being green because of you and we are that's great these uh, (laughs) kermit uh, awards and uh and so we find ways and life life is just so short. You've got to find ways in everyday moments to make sure the people around you uh, are as important as you know they are and finding ways to do that. So we work hard at doing every day.
0: And you started off our conversation talking about how every day is a gift and how important that was. And you had that yes. realization when your son was sick. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. We spend more waking hours with our colleagues than our loved ones, right? So yeah. we kind of want to like the people we're hanging out with. And I totally want to come and play you know, ping pong and oh. have a glass of wine. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> like we don't, we don't do that here. But we have our perks right here on campus too. So we have our first student question. Um, We're going to ask each of our students to come up and say their name and major and then ask their question. Hi, Gary. I am a senior here majoring in communications. And I believe we are all seniors here in this class and about to be in the real world workforce. And it can be a little nerve wracking. And do you have any advice for students, you know, finding their first professional job? How do they go about that? Um, How do they conquer some fears? And what are some fears that you had when you were in college transferring to the workforce for the first time?
1: Great question. We'll start with the fears. I'm trying to think of fears. Um, You don't know what you don't know. And uh, I remember going in and applying to positions and all of them. It's like I don't have the skills for that or I'm not good enough for that. You've got to get those thoughts out of your mind. When I landed my first job in recruiting, uh, the owner of the company sat me down. He wanted me to to write down um, one, three and five year goals. And I wrote them down. My five year goal was to be president. Um, of the company. And uh, he goes, but I'm president. I'm like, yeah, but five years from now, you're going to want to be doing uh, something else. But within five years, they did offer me that role uh, of president. And I remember I, I, I looked at him. I'm like, I don't have the skills and experience. And he's like, I'm not hiring you because what you already know, I'm hiring you for your ability to figure things out. And that was a huge wake up call that I wish I had thought, like, just don't let anything hold you back for pursuing what you want. And I think that's critical. And then landing that position is to take the time right now doing the homework assignment that I mentioned of uh, what do you like to do? What do you want to do? What do you do? Well, I want to what do you want to learn and keep learning and find some things that may be outside. There's there. The career center here at NC State is incredible. I spend a lot of time there as a student and they have these uh, evaluations that you can go through and they can help you see some of the positions that you may have an interest in. But do some research and find someone that you just admire what they have done whatever level they are in the company and give them a call and say that you're a student, you want to come spend time with them and spend time now expanding your network uh, because that network is going to be what lands you the next position. And don't worry so much about how many positions you've applied for. What is it exactly that you want to do? Use your network because you're, there's a wonderful old game called the Kevin Bacon game and it's how connected we are really are. And I could guarantee I could put you in a, a group of six people one of those six, you just say the company you want to go work and someone's going to have a connection and to earn that, you got to connect the other six people, but it is, you're so close to that opportunity. Um, I know we have some other questions, a, but it starts first with taking the first step. I saw one a friend of mine, he really wanted to go work at SAS. I'm like, what are you doing to go work, for, work at SAS? He's like, I'm not doing anything. I said, have you ever applied to a position? He's like, I've never applied. I'm like, there's so many things I need to tell you right now, but first you've got to apply. And he applied to a position and within 30 days he was working at SAS and all he did. It just takes taking that first step. And we think that we're doing all these things and we're really not. We're busy doing busy stuff. And I, learned, I heard a quote one day Imagine there are legions of people trying to be successful doing the very work that successful people throw out. It was at that moment I started creating a stop doing list and told a lot of people around me if you ever catch me doing these things. Get me to stop doing it because there's other things we need to do.
0: That was a great question, Ethan. Thank you. We have time for one last question.
1: I'm Jordan Hancock. I've got an English creative writing major. Uh, So creative writing. Thank you. So I'm looking to eventually start my own business. I want to become an entrepreneur. And you said you started with green resources. Yes. What were some of the challenges that you found when starting it that you didn't expect to face? Right. So there's a wonderful book. Uh, It's an oldie goldie called The E-Myth. Uh, and, uh, i read through that and every page of the book told me not start a business. Uh, and there's a, 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 a person they describe in there called the technician. You don't go and just start a company doing what you love to do because then you're always working in the business, not on the business. And so I have to challenge myself to make sure I'm working on the business. Uh, the biggest advice though, is if you have a passion for something is not to let the naysayers, Get in the way of that passion, the direction that you want. I started Green Reef, never thought I'd start a company. It was a customer service driven decision. It was not an entrepreneurial driven decision. Uh, and in starting the company and the focus, uh, the year 2000, companies were tanking. Like they were recruiting firms, closing left and right. The firms, were, it was, it was a difficult, uh, difficult time. I guess I'm more of the eternal optimist. I was at zero. I mean, so my first opportunity, and then my second opportunity, I've doubled. I never thought about the negative side. And every account that we've ever gone after, what I've pursued, like I said, was bigger than we were, is finding a way to, yes, like it's this can-do attitude. And so if you have that passion, first make sure you do the research. So the first thing that I did is make sure I had an incredible banking relationship. And I practiced what I preached. I found people that could introduce me to banks. Cause when I found that I went elsewhere to try to get a loan from a bank, I was just like everybody else. And it was not a good feeling, but the bank that someone else introduced me to actually helped me write my business plan and got everything. So I wanted to make sure I had everything in place. I do do all the research and the numbers to make sure that you can survive over a period of time. I did not take an income for three years and starting green. Everything was in, I thank my wife every day for allowing us this opportunity with the young one at home uh, to make this happen. But if it's something that you're passionate about, it's the plan. It's working the plan and following that. And uh, once you have your plan in place, uh, continue to get people around you that can give you great advice and challenge you to make sure you're making the right decisions every day. It's like your personal board of directors. Uh, and keep going back to them for that advice and stay focused on on the prize or the goal that you're going after. I hope that helps.
0: That is a great inspiration. And Gary, we know there are a lot of places you could be right now. And we're so grateful that you decided to battle parking on the NC State campus and find your way. But we're really grateful. And we would like to give a big Wolfpack thank you to Gary Green. State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats and we hope to see you around campus. Have a pack day.